you ever smelled a skunk? What does it smell like? Whew. There's no word. Yeah, a skunk. It doesn't smell like anything else. You just know it when you smell it. Well, you've heard people say that about people too, right? Uh-huh. And it doesn't have to do with their noses. You know, sometimes we might know something's going on. Somebody's being unreal or dishonest, and we might say, I smell a skunk. Well, Bonnie described it pretty well, but I, I thought about the, the um, movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. If you've ever seen that movie, you probably still remember The Child Catcher. Uh, if you see a few nods, it, it's in the, the fictional country of Bulgaria, appropriately named, of Bulgaria. And the Baroness does not like children. And so all children have been banned from the kingdom of Bulgaria. Well, here comes Dick Van Dyke and Sally Ann Howes with the two children um, trying to save Grandpa. And the child catcher comes out. And first of all, he's bent down like this. And then he has this nose that's about three inches long. And so you see him at first, and he comes in, and he's holding a big net. And he's looking for the children. And he can't find them at first. He smells them and he knows they're around. So later he comes back. But he doesn't come down, come back bent down like this. He comes in and he's got on this beautiful gold cape edged in blue and green and he's he's sort of dancing around and he has this lovely black hat that has flowers on it and he's saying, "Children." And he has lollipops in his hand. "Children." I have candy for you. And eventually he entices the children out of their hiding place. And they, they come up and they're getting ready to go inside the, the lovely wagon that is beautifully decorated on the outside. And sure enough, they get up to the top and they look in and he pushes them inside. And he pulls whatever he needs to pull. And the gate closes and everything beautiful falls away. And they're inside a cage. Trapped. Well, here's Jesus. So the Pharisees think. Do you hear their syrupy sweetness? Oh, Jesus! We know that you're an honest man. We know that you're sincere. And we know that you treat everyone with partiality. May we ask you a question? They open the trap. What's Jesus thinking? I smell a skunk. Tell us what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor, to Caesar, or not? Well, obviously they were hoping for a plain yes or no from Jesus because they knew that one answer would make one group of people mad and the other answer would make another group of people mad. He he could choose to make mad the people who didn't like paying the taxes, the Jews, Or he could choose to make mad the Romans, the people who were forcing the Jews to pay the taxes. One group was going to get mad, and they were really looking forward to that. How would Jesus keep his foot out of this trap? Well, whose heads are on our coins? Name a few. George Washington on a quarter. Who else? 
Roosevelt, Lincoln, Jefferson. I knew somebody had to say Jefferson, especially after UVA won. But we don't call our presidents gods. Now, that might exclude wahoos. Um, But most of us don't call our presidents gods. But on these coins with which they had to pay the census tax, not only was there the head, the face of of Caesar, but the words, the inscription that said that this man is divine, that this is the high priest. That was blasphemy to the Jews. There was only one God. And you can't put this God's face on a coin. God is spirit. God is all around us. God's not on a stamped piece of metal. So their presidents, their emperors, wanted people to think they were as great as God. Now we try to be like God, but we would never think that we actually are like God. We wouldn't want to use coins that said Abraham Lincoln was God or that Thomas Jefferson was God. They're not. But these Pharisees could pull out a coin right away that said Caesar is divine. Now how interesting that being against this tax that they happen to have the necessary coin in their pocket or wherever. If you didn't smell a skunk before, do you smell it now? Jesus says to them something like this, The emperor's face is on this, so it must belong to the emperor. But whatever is God's, give that to God. Well, weren't those Pharisees disappointed? Probably not just disappointed, but mad. He's the group that, I mean, this is the group that, Jesus made mad, not the others that they were hoping. Whatever is God's, give that to God. So, that begs the next question. What do we have that is God's? What do we have that is God's? Everything? That's the first answer that came to my mind too. And yet, do we live like Everything we have is God's. That's the challenge. Sometimes we get confused about our loyalties. It happens to all of us. We act as if everything belongs to us. Our toys, our friends, our children, our church building, our homes, our bank accounts. Well, (laughs) now they belong to the government, but... But no, are our faces stamped on these things? Of course not. Do these things belong to us? Multiple times during each day, we're, we're deciding that one thing is more important than another. Certainly you could think of, I mean, you decided to come to church today. You didn't have to do that, but you decided to make it a priority. It's easiest, though, to see the things that are just right in front of our faces. Often those are the things that that become our priorities. When we look in a mirror, what's the most important thing? (laughs) We are. 
when we're working on a project and somebody else comes in, oh, we hate being interrupted because that project is the most important thing. In a larger group like this one, we often have committees or teams that are at work. And so it's hard for sometimes for people to think beyond their committee. Each, each group might think that they're the most important, the most important group, even though there's a larger picture. But sometimes we know that the most important things are not right in front of our faces. They're sort of like leftovers that get pushed to the back of the refrigerator. And we have to do some extra work, you know, pulling a few things out first before we can actually get to them again. It takes work to get them back out to the front. Will Willimon points out, that in today's gospel, Jesus is asked to compare two valuable things, God and the emperor. We need government. It's important. He suggests that one of the reasons that we come to church is to get a better perspective on the conflicting values in our lives. We all have them. We all deal with them. But every now and then... In a flash, the true value of things comes into focus. Now, for a parent watching a child up here singing, you know, you might feel a sense of emotion that you've not felt before. It might be the thing that says, oh, that's the most important thing. But he brought out a story that I had heard before by Fred Craddock. He told this in a sermon many years ago about His friend, Glenn Adsit, who was a schoolmate of Craddock's from years ago and ministered mostly in China. For a while, he was under house arrest in China until one day some soldiers came and said, you can go home. You can go home to America. Well, the family, husband, wife, two kids, they were celebrating. They were so excited to be able to go back home. And the soldier says, you can take 200 pounds with you. Well, they'd lived there for years. So they started thinking about all the things that they had in their little apartment. And then they started, they pulled out the scale. And so they started weighing things. And so, you know, books and, and a vase that had become, that was precious to them. And they had just gotten a new typewriter. And so they weigh these things. They t- put them on and they take them off. And they put them on and they take it off. Finally, They've got it down to exactly 200 pounds. And the soldier said, are you ready? Ready to go? Yeah. Have you weighed the kids? No. Weigh the kids. And suddenly, the typewriter doesn't matter anymore. The vase doesn't matter anymore. The books doesn't matter. The books don't matter anymore. What's important? kids. Weigh the importance of children. That's why we have a children's Sabbath. And I'm not saying that children should be all important because we don't want to spoil them. But it helps now and then to be reminded to compare their value with the value of other things. And then with the picture that Jesus gives us from this story to remember that everything belongs to God. 
I just heard from a friend of mine that I hadn't talked to in a decade. And she said that she and her husband had been through over four years of infertility treatments. And now they had had a baby placed with them for adoption. And so they hoped for that to be finalized within a year. It made me think about adoption and what would happen if each of us were to adopt a child into our hearts. Now, some of us have done that. Some of us have done that. We've got a couple of people who have become room parents over at Hurt Park Elementary School. That's a way of adopting children as well. But what if we commit to pray specifically for one child in the coming year? And maybe find a way every now and then to show that child a special speck of love, a special experience of God's love that they might not experience otherwise. If you can't adopt a child, adopt a parent. You don't even have to tell them who it is. I mean, tell the person. But adopt that person into your own heart so that you're praying for that person. You're caring for that person. Any possibility, any chance you get, you're showing that person God's love. I think if this idea of adoption, which is throughout Scripture as well, If we would take this on for a year, then we would see changes when we celebrate Children's Sabbath next year. We see growth. We see growth in our kids. Do you see Will Longworth up here? (laughs) Will used to be down there. And it's an honor to watch you grow. It's a gift. Did you weigh the kids? Way the kids. Let's pray. It is with thanksgiving, O oh God, that we offer ourselves to you, that we recognize the power of your love and how it has transformed our lives. And you have empowered us to transform others. Guide us as we seek to do so with your strength and with your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.